0: News presents
1: The Rick Walker Show.
2: Defrag your mind.
1: Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. Glad to have everyone here. What is the date today? November, what? 17th already? 2023. What a time. What a time to be alive. I'm kind of winging it tonight. The news is so crazy right now it was difficult today just to decide what to talk about but i guess we have to talk about elon musk and uh, his post that is getting him into hot water again yeah is what he said anti-semitic is it just free speech Does it cross the line? Man, with what I'm hearing out there, <laughs> what he said was nothing compared to a lot of the other rhetoric that is being thrown around right now. Never thought I would see the day. And yet here we are. Talking about fascism, swastikas, Nazis, Israel, Palestine, anti-Semitism, violence in the streets, all of it connected. Whether we should or shouldn't support Israel. Man. Has anyone ever learned anything from history? Ever? It, it's just a perpetual cycle of violence. Oh, it's just the military industrial complex. No. It's people. It's us. It's them. It's everyone. We ever Do we ever learn the lessons? Nope. Doesn't appear so. You must learn your history or you are doomed to repeat it. <laughs> I don't think it's doing any good. Just seems to get worse. Seemed like we hit a sweet spot there for a while. I think we kind of had it figured out after thousands of years of trial and error, try a little of this, try a little of that. After war, after war, millions of corpses heaped upon history. It seemed like we finally kind of had it figured out. It just seemed to me like we were on a pretty good course getting better all the time, and then pow, pandemic. And then all the bad stuff just took over. Man, it's just accelerating, isn't it? Just getting worse. Oh, and I don't think it's just because people are finally figuring it all out. I think it's because some people have figured out how to manipulate other people in extremely effective ways. Social media is a big part of it. And isn't it ironic that Elon Musk, now a social media entrepreneur and information titan, is actually seeing his empire under extreme pressure tonight because of his use of his free speech? on his own platform. This guy is engaged in a lawsuit with the Anti-Defamation League. Is he anti-Semitic? Who knows what's really in someone's heart or what they're really thinking. We'll show you the tweet shortly. We'll probably dig into a little bit of other news tonight as well. I'm really not sure where this is going. Maybe we'll get to the phones. Maybe if we can, we'll give you guys a chance to lend your voice to this conversation tonight. It's a carryover and away from last night's program where we talked about Osama bin Laden's letter to America People being directed to it. Don't tell me that it's gone viral just because. No. Mm-mm. Propaganda, baby. Information warfare. People were being directed and continue to be directed to that letter on purpose. And I hate even talking about it because the people who started that information snowball rolling down the hill know full well that even me sitting here talking about it, even if I'm critical of the letter or even their actions, the fact that I'm talking about it is still keeping that alive. And more people will be directed toward it. In fact, I would say some people who came out against it might actually even have been for it some social media influencers saying oh no i'm against it but just by talking about it they ended up directing a lot of people over to it so that they could be so they could see it and subject themselves to the giant brainwash Not that I I don't think I'm brainwashed. I see both sides in this, and I'll get into that. And because I see both sides, I always try to, and not just both sides, but all sides, I think it's important to take note that the grass is not always greener on the other side. Our political, our geopolitical, adversaries would have us believe through the use of information warfare that the west is evil and all bad and we should be ashamed of ourselves because we're just a bunch of colonial settlers but i'll show you tonight that things aren't quite that simple see because the political adversaries and you know not that i'm afraid of them and i totally get what they are doing they're doing what Any nation state ought to do, I guess, especially in a time of war. But they're not so perfect either. They've got their own problems. Things aren't all rosy over there. All I hear about, though, over here through Western media is either, I mean, I hear some criticism leveled at them from some conservative media, but not that much, not really, especially not these days. But I'm just gonna remind everyone that we might have some dunderheads in, uh, in office. No question about that. We might have some corruption happening, no question about that. But overall, you know what? This is about as good as it's ever gotten. And I think what we had might be as good as it ever got. Unfortunately, the question is, can we get it back? I sure do hope so. We'll start working on that when we come back on the other side of this.
2: Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are Maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals. Individuals. Defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible. Trusted. Grounded in reality. Maverick News. Maverick, maverick News.
3: Defending free speech.
2: Free speech. Donate. At freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow. Maybe too late, too late, too late, too late. Maverick News The, the world, world is washing.
4: sharing of biased and false, false
1: news has become, become all too common, common on, social on social media. More alarmingly, some
5: of the some are saying that we are true without checking facts first. first. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, some members of the media use their, their platforms, platforms to push, push their, their, their own personal, own personal bias and, and agenda, agenda to control, control. exactly what people think, and this is extremely dangerous to our democracy.
6: In an ocean of lies a century deep, the truth awaits. Choose not the red pill, choose not the blue pill, for both are an illusion. Discover the power of M, the power of individuality. We are mavericks, we are the way to the light. Fear not the storm. Join our quest for truth. Truth will set you free. Maverick News. The world is watching.
1: Elon Musk. More money than God. That's what he has. And now he has landed in hot water over this, this post on social media. It was a reaction initially from an ex-user who calls himself the artist, formerly known as Eric. He was responding to a video Maybe I should show you the video first. If I can find it. I didn't actually have it queued up. But he was responding to a video. Here it is here. Okay. I'll run the video so you can see the video, which has been circulating again. It wasn't produced just recently. It was recycled. It's been making the rounds on social media in response to this rise in anti-Semitism, which we are seeing. So let me run it for you and then we'll show you what happened after.
5: I saw what you've been posting. Hitler was right. I didn't teach you that. You hide behind your screen, spewing all this hatred and ugliness. You got something you want to say? Get out of the truck and say it to their faces.
1: So, this guy posts this, the artist formerly known as Eric, posts, okay, so he's going to say it to their faces right now, on social media. And he says, uh, Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest shit now about Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing, and then there's more, blah, 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 blah. And Elon Musk responded. And he said, you have said the actual truth. Is there any room for interpretation there? The backlash has been swift and severe from corporate America, I would say, and from some others. The White House has condemned the Post, saying it's an abhorrent promotion of anti Semitic and racist hate. So it says here in this, uh, I'm just looking at a Washington Post article where it says Musk, the owner of X, formerly Twitter, was replying to a user on the site who had said a rise in online anti-Semitism was the fault of Jews for supporting hordes of minorities, in quotation marks, hordes of minorities, and promoting, again in quotation marks, hatred against whites. The user said they have no sympathy for Jews who face hateful comments, such as Hitler was right. So then, Musk also went on in another tweet and criticized the Anti-Defamation League saying it unjustly attacks the majority of the West for anti-Jewish hate, rather than the minority groups who are their primary threat. So White House spokesperson, Andrew Bates, says it is, in his words, unacceptable to repeat the hideous lie between the most fatal act of anti-Semitism in American history at any time. Referring to a 2018 shooting that killed 11 people at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh gunman was sentenced to death back in August he had a large amount of anti-Semitic content on social media and we did actually show you the uh, live stream coverage of his sentencing, or his verdict, right here on the Maverick News Channel. Bates also cited the October 7th attack by Hamas in Israel. And he went on to say, We condemn this abhorrent promotion of anti-Semitic and racist hate in the strongest terms, which runs against our core values as Americans. We all have a responsibility to bring people together against hate and an obligation to speak out against anyone who attacks the dignity of their fellow Americans and compromises the safety of our communities. And uh, as I say, corporate America responding tonight as well. And we are also going to show you how what the White House said. Here's the press secretary. I have a clip from her.
7: we have to take this very seriously just to list out a couple of this is how the president is showing how important this is how critical this is and how we have to take this very seriously just to list out a couple of things Uh, the second gentleman today uh, as well as the education secretary uh, miguel cardona and other biden harris administration officials will discuss action in the Biden administration biden harris administration is taking to counter the alarming uptick in reported uh, insist in instances of anti-Semitism, so they're going to have those conversations with the Conference of President of uh, Major American Jewish Organizations. That's important. We're going to continue to have other conversations here on the senior level, as well.
1: Sorry about the internet freezing.
7: Uh, later this week, you have uh, Secretary Cardona and Domestic Policy Advisor bi- Advisor Near Tandon will attend a site visit at University.
1: Again freezing and
7: holding a round table with Jewish students. And in recent weeks, the Department of Education has conducted site visits in San Francisco, in St. Louis, and in Maine to address and learn more about.
1: Terrible. Terrible at
7: schools Canada. and college campuses. And so that we're going to continue to hear directly. Not good. Uh, from uh, from these Jewish organizations, we want. I said at the top, if folks uh, are have concern, we I, I've listed out how uh, they should.
1: Again, sorry about the freezing.
7: Be able to uh, flag those concerns for us, and so the I, we believe what we announced uh, just today is is incredibly important. is just a first step, and there is no place for anti-Semitism. There is no place for it.
1: there was all that. And as I say, the, um, the backlash against Musk's tweet has been pretty quick. So we're seeing tonight Apple is pulling all advertising. Uh, who else is jumping on board the pull the advertising thing? bunch of them. Um, Lionsgate, IBM, um, Disney. So I would expect probably even more. And it says here in this financial... Well, here, I'll show you. So. This is the uh, Financial Times. IBM pulls adverts from X after a report finding they ran next to Nazi content. (laughs) Says IBM has said it, pulled its global advertising from X following a report that the social media platform ran the tech company's adverts alongside pro-Nazi material in a fresh blow to the company's efforts to bring back sales revenues and this was actually posted no date on this article it's supposed to be fresh but it looks like it might be Dated. That's from yesterday. Late yesterday. So this is, uh, and we've seen this before with Musk, right? As he's run into, he's locked horns with the Anti-Defamation League. And, uh, wow, you know, I, I get it. Because the Jewish political forces in America and in Canada have embraced censorship, which I think is a mistake, continues to be a mistake. When they see things that are not in their best interests, they... They run straight for censorship and engage in it. And they are in tight with government in both Canada and the U S and just in Western countries in general, and they advocate for censorship. And that's where a lot of our censorship is coming from today. I think it is a strategic error has been on their part because it breeds resentment and it makes them suspect in the eyes of the public, whether you're talking about the ADL or Anti-Hate Canada, anti-hate.ca, a group that receives government funding in Canada. And uh, it's not just a group dedicated to, what, what, what's their mandate? It's not just there to engage in the distribution of or to make people aware of hatred and racism and prejudice and bigotry. Uh, they're also there as a political mechanism, a, a tool even of government. They become a tool of government and also a lobby group Paid, you know, funded with taxpayers dollars in the case of Anti-Hate Canada, anti Not to say that everything they post online is not true. That's not the case. They get a lot of things right, but they also go too far. And when anyone goes too far, any political organization, politician, political party, government. They lose credibility with the public. They lose the public's trust. That's what has gone on here, largely with the political powers within our Jewish communities. And so Musk, you know, he, he tweeted some time ago, I recall, Uh, He said he was going to take the Anti-Defamation League in the States, sort of the U.S. equivalent of uh, anti-hate.ca, to court for a defamation suit because of accusations of him being racist. But here we go again. That one tweet gets him into a lot of hot water. I don't know what your views are on it. You know, free speech is free speech. But if there is a platform out there right now that is wide open for abuse, speech abuse, I would say, it would be, well, there are a couple of them. Twitter, for one, because I've been seeing a lot of fake information, artificial intelligence, AI generated memes and even videos that are um, not real all designed to generate a response from the public as part of the information warfare campaign it's all so fragile and this information warfare is just getting out of hand it's making it difficult for people to know what is real what isn't As I said the other night, they could have a whole war and just fabricate the whole thing. It could just be a movie, and people would not know the difference. Remember the um, World War of the Worlds radio broadcast? Mm -hmm. That thing was taken as truth, as an actual... Um, an actual alien invasion. A lot of people thought it was actually happening. That was in 1938 when that thing went to air. And while some people afterwards said, oh, that's just, that that wasn't as bad as people said. It was that they made that stuff up just to try to generate more ratings and blah, blah, blah. But no, some people really did think that it was really happening. That was in 38. You know, since then, media literacy seems to have improved a lot, but people are ill-equipped to deal with what we're faced with right now, what we are being subjected to. In 38, people didn't understand. They weren't media savvy enough to, to realize that they were sort of misinterpreting a radio drama about aliens invading from outer space that they were misinterpreting that and thinking it was real. They were duping, being duped, even though the intent was not really there to dupe people, but the radio drama was so good at the time that they thought it was a real news broadcast. Now the technology is much more sophisticated and I don't think people are ready for it. We're clearly not. Well, some people are because they figured out how to use it to manipulate people's minds. And Musk, as I say, in trouble. It's going to cost him. It is costing him. But these things tend to blow over after a while. So we'll see how much this hurts Musk and his social media platform and even his companies. SpaceX, Tesla. And tonight, you know, TikTok continues to say they will be taking down videos about that letter from Osama bin Laden. And keep in mind that, uh, you know, TikTok really I think that they have played an instrumental role and continue to play uh, a big role in this information war. Keep in mind that TikTok is a Chinese-based social media platform. And I have been saying to you that our political adversaries, competitors, even our international business competitors, countries like China, are directly engaged in the information war you are the target your mind is their objective and so yeah they're taking these videos down now these videos that were directing people to the osama bin laden letter <laughs> <clears throat> um but it's a little late And, you know, look how effective it, is. it was. They just wanted people to go and read that thing, so they didn't just put the letter up. That would have been too direct and too obvious. No, what you got was testimonials, one of the oldest marketing tricks in the book. Testimonials from young people who claimed to have gone and read Osama bin Laden's Letter to America. and said that it just opened their eyes. It was amazing, life-changing, even. Life-changing, yeah. You know, they, um here, I'll run it for you again. And as I said yesterday, my take on it was a little bit different, but I think other media now, you know, some other media outlets and online social media influencers, newscasters, podcasters, live streamers now coming out and echoing really what I said yesterday, And that this isn't just organic. This was a campaign.
7: I just read a letter to America and... I will never look at life the same. I will never look at this country the same. I will never, I, please read it. I feel like I'm going through like an existential crisis right now and a lot of people are. So I just need someone else to be feeling this too.
1: Uh, video produced by the New York Post <clears throat> And that's I agree that's you know some some of those graphics on there and quotes in text on the screen for people listening that you know so just a, this is a podcast. There are those out there who see it the way I do too that this whole thing this was a campaign designed to promote terrorism. And it's sick. It's sick because <laughs> this all goes back to 9-11. You know, I'm I'm getting old. I remember 9-11 like it was yesterday. But young people, they don't. They've lived in the aftermath. They weren't there. I remember... I covered 9 11 from, you know, where I was at the time. I remember being dispatched to the Windsor Detroit border that day when the border was shut down, everything was being shut down flights. And I I knew that that moment that morning I was hours and hours away from the border, but I had to get there. And I knew that uh, the world w- had changed forever. Oh, you know, it was like um, you, you could sit there and look at it. and And I think I did at the time. It was like, well, why is this happening? And it felt like the world changed in an instant. And yet really, it didn't change in an instant. It was a big buildup over many, many years, generations even. It was the culmination of many political events, wars. It was, in my estimation, misguided foreign policy coming home to roost, you know, at the time. And what are we seeing today? The same thing now. We're seeing misguided foreign policy coming home to roost. Nine eleven, you know, <clears throat> there had been talk about, you know, going to Iraq quietly in the United States for a long time. Um, for years. 9-11 gave the Bush administration finally the uh, the fuel it needed to throw on that fire so that they could do that. And a lot of people, you know, today are sitting there and they and the and, and people are sitting around saying, you know, it's it's the Jews who control the media and the banks and the pharmaceutical companies and they direct foreign policy. And I understand what they're saying, but this is just an anti-Semitic trope. It's again using Jews as a scapegoat. And people have been very cowardly, really over the past three, four years with um, with with their approach to this and I would say very as in addition to that very deceptive this is all a plan that has been perpetrated upon us as part of an indoctrination process. much of it within the freedom movement by the way, where people have been, subjected to a constant barrage a of information, a constant narrative of the elites. And I've said this a number of times over the past month in particular. Elites, elites, it's the elites who control everything. It's the elites. And really what they were saying all along was it's the Jews. And so by the time you get to this particular milestone in this journey through indoctrination, you've come to accept all of these things where they've been saying, you've been lied to all your life. Everything you've been told is a lie. And then they pretend to have the real truth over here. And oh, Look at this. The truth was there all along. Look who had it back in World War II. All you have to do is let's look over here. It's everything I've been telling you. And you accepted all those things as being true. Well, it was just the elites. Oh, but you know who the elites really are? It's those Jewish people over there. Oh, well, we won't really say it's the Jews. We'll say it's Zionists. But really that word is just interchangeable and broader so it's even more dangerous because it's the Jews and anybody that kind of supports them in particular any Jews that any Jews that uh, or anybody that supports the Jews or the expansion or the even the preservation of the state of Israel So what do we see? We see now schools in Canada with bullet holes in the doors. Jewish schools. We saw a Jewish man killed with counter-protests out in California. We see massive protests in the streets. There was, uh, I believe, in North York today in Canada. Another, some sort of an incident, police had to lock some schools down, or a school. Let me just check my notes here, I'll tell you. Yeah, this is um, Tannenbaum, Wallenberg Campus on Wilmington Ave., Police on scene investigating and assisting with evacuation as a precaution. Roads closed. This was from Toronto Police Operations this afternoon. Don't have all the details, but it's some sort of a threat investigation. These things becoming are becoming more and more common. Day by day. That letter from Osama bin Laden, what a mess that is. Taken down by the Guardian, but still available online. Some people still finding it. And I should remind everyone that at the end of that, uh, bin Laden threatens the West again and says that Christians, the West, America, will pay with the blood of Christians and their funds. And the narrative that young people are applauding right now is that any attack by terrorists or Palestinians or Hamas or any attack against colonialists, settlers, is justified so that the attack that we saw on October 7th, justifies. Because any attack against settlers is is okay. It's the the only way they can fight back. And I'm hearing that even from some very prominent social media influencers who I've come to realize are actually very, very anti-Jew. You know, I understand that people point to the... uh, say like AIPAC and the states, the Jewish lobby, there's a lot of money that flows to both parties, to politicians in both the, you know, the Democrat and Republican side. And people say, well, you know, that's why. And yes, APAC, the Jewish lobby, does have maybe even a disproportional, disproportionate um, influence. Over U.S. foreign policy, it certainly was one of one of the factors that came into play when the United States invaded Iraq. Never should have done that. Never should have gone past Kuwait. But they did. Mistake. The, yeah. And then lying about it in order to justify it. The whole narrative spun up on the weapons of mass destruction, which was shown to be false, a lie, getting caught, and then doubling down and just pushing ahead anyway. Scott Ritter exposing it, then subsequently punished for it, targeted, I would say for telling the truth when he was a UN weapons inspector. And then, of course, he's dealing with followed fallout from that now and the way it has affected his life. The, the U.S. shouldn't have gone in there, but they did. But, you know, it's like, You can point your finger at the United States and blame everything on the U.S. and say it's all the Jews' fault because they were the reason the United States went in. There were other reasons as well. I wouldn't say it's even about the oil, just about the oil. It isn't. It's about geopolitical positioning. Or I shouldn't say that it's so much that the oil companies or the corporations, the oil corporations that influenced U.S. policy in that way. In fact, I would say it's probably the other way around. If you really looked at what the oil companies want, they just want to make money. So they were quite content, I think, to just do business with Saddam Hussein in Iraq at the time. (laughs) I don't think they really care, you know, as long as they're making money. It's not about the politics for them so much. It's just like, can we keep the cash flowing along with the oil? So if they had their way, you know, I think that the situation in the Middle East might be a whole lot different. And in fact, even more peaceful, but maybe not as just. If there is any justice. Especially when you see all the killing that just took place. But geopolitically, yeah. The United States, they had interests in there. And you know, (laughs) Bush, he... He had kind of a an axe to grind with Saddam Hussein. The family, the Bush family. I think there was almost something personal there at the time. I remember. And uh, yeah, you have to realize too that even APAC, it's yeah, it's 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 a Jewish lobby, but it's not exclusively Jewish. There, there's business interests. You know, they're a lobby group like any other. They have maybe you know they carry more weight than some they punch above their weight i guess is the way to way to summarize that so they do have a a a definite impact on u.s foreign policy and not for the better all the time the united states should be these politicians (laughs) they should be holding them to a higher standard these lobby groups these influencers communities but they don't that is because lobby groups have a lot of influence whether it's pharmaceutical companies which are not all controlled by jewish people it's just a cliche it's a scapegoat Oh, but this guy's a Jew, that guy's a Jew, that guy's a Jew, this guy's a Jew. Yeah, it's not all true. Media. It's not entirely controlled by Jews. <laughs> not to say there are Jewish people in the media, there are. But this stuff is not that cut and dry. None of it is, you know, this guy's a Nazi, this guy's a communist, this guy's a conservative, this, all these political labels, everybody wants everything black and white, so it's easy to understand, and it really isn't. That's why these terrorist groups, oh, the United States created this terrorist group and funded that one, that's because the United States is to blame for everything, what, you think that the other side doesn't engage in this kind of activity too? Of course they do. They're doing it right now. That's why it's not so simple. Even with the Nazis in World War II, people think of all of these things in terms of cliches, but at some point you have to let things go too, you know, like that war is over. At least we wanted it to be, it was. Some people just want to keep fighting here we go. We're fighting right now, aren't we? Sure as hell are. And it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. You know, and come back to Musk. You know, he's... I don't know if he's anti-Semitic. I'm not sure, right? Like, because I listened to this. Listen to this statement that he made. This is another, like, short video clip of him. And, um... You know, this makes sense as well. I don't think wars ever solve squat. They really don't. War begets more war. Violence gets you more violence. You kill a terrorist, and his kids are coming back to haunt you later.
8: For for every Hamas member that you kill, how many did you create? And if you... Create more than you kill. You've not succeeded. That's the, you know, the real situation there. Um, and it's safe to say that if, you know, um, if you know, if, if you kill somebody's child in Gaza, if you've, you've made at least a few uh, Hamas members who will die just to, just to kill an Israeli. That's the situation. So, <clears throat> <sighs> but but I mean, this is one of the most contentious subjects one could possibly discuss. But but I, I think if, if the if the goal ultimate is some sort of long term peace, one has to be look at this from the standpoint of over time, are there more or fewer uh, terrorists being created? For for every Hamas, it's
1: true. What happened on October 7th and the response to that, this conflict, guarantees many more years, maybe decades, of ongoing violence. Even if this war comes to an end, there will be more terrorism, more people blowing themselves up in the middle of crowded Concerts, shopping malls, on planes, guaranteed. So what is any of this solved? Nothing. Peace through strength, they say. What an ill-conceived, short-sighted idea. It has some basis in reality, but it's not perpetually sustainable. Israel survives today because they've got the dome. They can take down all the missiles that are being fired from the Palestinians, Hamas. uh, You know, the oppressed (laughs) in the Gaza Strip. Who they're supposed to have nothing but rocks, and yet they're firing thousands of missiles. That doesn't equate. That doesn't wash. That doesn't make sense. But it happens, right? It's like, oh, they don't have anything. They're completely helpless. And yeah, as I said before, I have in my mind images of Palestinians throwing rocks at tanks. Where Israeli soldiers, because they don't have any other weapons, just rocks. But it isn't true. There are countries, political forces, entities that furnish weapons, missiles, thousands of them fired at Israel. And Israel survives under the Iron Dome. They intercept the missiles, shoot them all down. What a weird way to live. But that's the reality for all of them over there. But how long can that go on? Only as long as you maintain your superiority on the technology side. Once that slides, once that slips, once they come up with technology to get through the Iron Dome, and they have access to those weapons and that technology actually already exists in the form of hypersonic missiles. Once you get through, then what? Now you've got a bigger problem. Now you've got escalation. How about strength through peace? Have we even tried that? just just asking not going to get it not right now too many people smell blood in the water too many sharks out there too many people trying to capitalize on this too many political forces dark political forces fascists communists authoritarian's other countries using this as an opportunity to just disrupt things, tear things down. Their objective, clearly not to even necessarily take over the West, but to destroy it from within. I take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll dig into a little bit more of that. Um, got a clip of uh, Megyn Kelly coming up. We've got... Uh, I'm gonna show you why life, you know, as bad as everybody thinks it is here, I'm gonna show you that life is not always greener on the other side. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Um, so before you tear it all down, blow it up and destroy everything, you better remember who it is that wants to do that too. I think it's somebody who, Um, advocates for, what was it they were calling it again? Oh yeah, The Great Reset.
5: The New World Order Government Overreach The Great Reset Mainstream Media Lies Now more than ever Independent voices are needed Donate now at FreedomReporters.com That's FreedomReporters.com Maverick News The Antivirus Program for your mind
1: Okay, so, as I was saying, um, you know, this is, I, I can't believe, let me just come back here. I can't believe that we actually have people praising Osama bin Laden after having read his letter to America, especially young people, looking at it and going, it's just opened my eyes and it's been life-changing. He's so wise. No, the guy was a freaking coward. Terrorist. Orchestrated The deaths of thousands and thousands of innocent people. Terrorists are cowards. Terrorists are people who kill innocent civilians in order to spread terror. To keep people terrified, scared, intimidated. They kill innocent civilians. They run into places with with a machine gun and shoot people who can't shoot back. They're cowards. Osama bin Laden was a goddamn coward. And I'll remind you again that he accepted and claimed claimed responsibility for the 9-11 attack in that letter. Laid out what he believes is justification for what happened on that day. 3,000 Americans died in the Twin Towers. And people say, that was an inside job. Yeah, there were some weird things that happened that day for sure. But Osama bin Laden claims responsibility for it in the letter. You can't have it both ways. Either he's responsible for it or he isn't. Or was he working with the government or whatever you're thinking. He's a terrorist, an enemy of the state, was. And then was ultimately killed and buried at sea. But, you know, that's part of the information warfare game, the PSYOP, which has been going on for a long time. It's to plant seeds of doubt, to undermine your trust and your confidence in your government, in your institutions, in your community, even in yourself. And, man, have they done a number on all of us. All you have to do is just insert information that just makes you question. The truth. Just make you question it. If you question the truth, then it's no longer beyond the shadow of a doubt in the court of public opinion. So if you want America to blame itself for the deaths of 3,000 Americans on 9-11, all you have to do is plant a seed of doubt. And then say, you know what? It was your own government that actually blew up those towers. And a lot of people buy into it and believe it. And the narrative spins and spins and spins. And they don't actually have to prove anything any more than the government. In fact, even less than the government has to prove that it was terrorists. The government's held to a pretty high standard, aren't they? Show us the proof. Show us, proof that it wasn't you. And it happens all the time. Just plant some doubt and people will believe the opposite. It's a very strange phenomenon. And effective. But Osama bin Laden accepts responsibility. He's proud to have coordinated The worst terrorist attack in American history on American soil. 3,000 dead Americans. 3,000 dead people. But you know, that's sort of the problem, isn't it? 3,000. It's a statistic. People can't relate to statistics. People don't relate to numbers. You know what people relate to? Other human beings. I'm going to play for you a clip from Brian David Sweeney who called his wife on 9-11, the day of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. The Twin Towers and all those planes flying through the air. This is from Flight 175.
2: Here we go. Jules is
5: a uh, listen on an airplane that's been hijacked. If things don't go well, I'm looking good. I just want you to know I absolutely love you. I want you to do good. So happy to sign. Uh, thanks to my parents and everybody. And I just totally love you. And, uh, I'll see you later. Yes, Bye, i call you.
3: And you hold out this hope, especially for someone like Brian, who, um, this is a a silly way to put it, but he was a warrior and you just didn't believe that something like this could take him away. So you, you hold out this hope until it's validated somehow. And all I needed was that message. And I think he very selflessly left it. Um, I don't think he left it until he knew that he wasn't coming home. When I got it, um, it was just so Brian and it was, it was his, his final um, request of me and his final way to let me know that he was going to be okay and that he believed that he'd see me again and that's all I needed to know. And it was, um, it was, I'm thankful for it. So thankful for that message because at least I know without a shadow of a doubt what he was thinking. Um, the calmness in his voice soothed me. Um, so I do have that. And, um, and because it's on a message, I'm able to share it with anybody that wants to hear it. And um, it's very powerful. He made very powerful statements with that message.
1: Misguided foreign policy. Never should have taken the dollar off the gold standard. Never should have tied it to the value of oil. Never should have done that with Nixon. Should not have been spreading. Neoliberal democracy, progressivism around the world. NATO shouldn't have been expanding after the fall of the Berlin wall, but things happen. Never should have gone into Afghanistan. Never should have gone into Iraq. But we did. And even though we did, my position on it is that the West is still not entirely to blame. Because what we always lose sight of is that there are broader geopolitical realities that our governments, our politicians at the time, need to wrestle with. And they also wrestle with the demands that we place upon them as citizens. We're also to blame to a degree because we just want our standard of living. And we don't engage enough in understanding those geopolitical realities and we outsource the responsibility for our safety to these politicians, some of whom are corrupted through the process of lobbying and campaign contributions and in other ways. And so we don't hold them accountable enough. But we also lose sight of the fact that there are other political entities out there, other countries with their interests in mind, if the world runs on oil, then the world runs on oil. And after World War II, the United States was, you know, a superpower. Some people wanted the United States to be a world policeman. And in many areas, the United States did a very good job of bringing aid to people western countries do that people do that when there are disasters who steps up we do people we send donations all the time and even our military will will go into other countries when there are when there's a need when there's a natural disaster or other problems it's not all bad what we do We just never talk very much about the good that we do. Focus a lot on the bad, and that's because our adversaries, adversaries especially these days, amplify the negative through social media. You know, you see it on, uh, especially like TikTok and Twitter right now. It's disappointing, disheartening. And already we've forgotten the victims of 9-11. Lest we forget. We've forgotten the sacrifices our veterans made in World Wars I and Two and Korea, Vietnam. They're just murky pages in history for so many of us now, not for an old guy like me. I remember too much, even as a kid, what I saw on television, so much of it stuck with me. And what have we learned? How to hate. People said for a long time, oh, well, you know, Hitler was alive today, I would never do what the Nazis did. And we used to pray that we would never be tested. To really find out if we would do what Hitler did or the Nazis. And then the pandemic came along. What did you do? What did your neighbors do? Were your neighbors calling the snitch line when you had too many people over? Were you getting kicked out of restaurants if you didn't have a mask on? Were you denied a seat on an airplane because you didn't get the jab? Or were you one of the people kicking people out? Test failed. And really by a vast majority of people. Public attitude seems to have shifted back, but it seems like we're going through another test. Being tested again, I would say. Yes, sir. And then we get these dingbats. Dingbats. My God. Yeah.
7: This morning, I read Letter to America, which is Osama bin Laden's letter to America explaining why he attacked Americans. And I am ashamed to say that I not only have never read this letter, but I didn't even know this letter existed. It's wild and everyone should read it. If you haven't read it yet, read it. However, be forewarned that this has left me very disillusioned. And I feel the same exact way I felt when I was deconstructing Christianity. I feel uh, a little bit, just confused, like I have entered into another timeline. What is this? And yeah, so go read it. So I just read a letter to America. And I will never look at life the same. I will never look at this country the same. I will never. Please read it. And if you have read it, let me know if you are also going through an existential crisis in this very moment.
1: Yeah, enough. Yeah, shut up. You stupid twit. (laughs) Terrorist in the making, right there. I read it too. It wasn't life-changing. I've read the letter. I've read the letter before. Um, It's just disgusting. It's anti-American. These people are the un-Americans. Seeing a lot of un-Americans these days, un-Canadians too, who say they want to save Canada, but they're pretty un-Canadian. You know, Megan Kelly um, addresses this in her. And this was her, it was yesterday. If you missed it, I'm gonna play you a clip right now. And she also understands that it's important for us to remember the victims, some of them by name, the victims of 9-11 the 3,000 plus, and we should also be remembering other victims, including those Israelis, those civilians who were shot, killed, blown up, raped. Those people that went in there with weapons went into that concert peace festival, killed those people. Don't forget that. There's that side of it too. And I'm not sitting here justifying the deaths in in the Gaza Strip either. I don't think the response was proper. But it starts right there. Nobody forced them to go in and um Megan Kelly too going back and reminding people about uh, about another guy another victim of 911
9: praising since you don't look at history i'm bringing it to you here's kevin cosgrove's 911 call
5: office i die but it's getting bad i want to say uh, I'm, scared, I'm trying to let them know where you are, It's fire, sir. And it was smoke, right really board, 105, too tired. All right, too tight, We'll get to you as soon as we can. Yeah, he's staying up. There's no beauty in there. That's all we can do. We, are you? What's where are you guys up to? We're getting there. We're getting there. There's a few legend, man. I got many kids. I understand that, sir. We're on the way. You have everything, sir. And are you stupid? Because I'm seeing you've got lots of people up here. I understand. That, you don't need out in the barnacle or in the hip up on the top. Smoke rises, you see the roof there, we're on the floor, we're in the window. And then we have to do a green, you can't see. Uh, I took God to blow your hands on the list.
0: Does ah.
5: anybody else on a child in here? I was mean, young men, We're not ready to die. I'm. I'm my to I called and said I was leaving the building. I was fine and bang. Hello. 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 We're looking at. Oil, we're looking at fire. Who said Two Two broken windows. Oh God! Ah!
9: It's upsetting. Kevin died that day along with 2,977 other Americans. And we have so lost the youth of this country that now 20 years later, not 70, not 170, they wanna look back and rewrite the history of Osama bin Laden because Palestine, because deconstructing what? Colonization, because there's been a mind meld on college campuses that has corrupted and infected and toxified an entire generation, and now your kids and my kids are going to have to deal with these cretins who hate America because we made them, because their parents failed them, their educators failed them, corporate America continues to fail them, the media continues to fail them, and it's the fight for our lives. If you don't think this is coming to a school near you or a community near you, you haven't been paying attention. I'm so angry and I'm so grateful to Yashar Ali for monitoring the lunacy over on that platform TikTok because without him, we wouldn't have known this. And we've been seeing it on the streets. We've been seeing it in response to Israel. We've been seeing it last night out in front of the DNC. But this is the most stark example. Their own, their countrymen, 3,000 dead And they're cheering the man who did it instead of reading his letter and realizing I agree with him. I should reevaluate my views. They read his letter and said, right on, man, America deserved it.
4: I don't even know what to say. Bethany. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly why Carol and I wrote Stolen Youth, because it's not just in college campuses. It's in elementary schools. It's in middle schools. It's in high schools across the country. They want to deconstruct and they want to completely break apart Western civilization. They want children and young adults to believe what those kids believe. They want to believe that America is evil and that Western civilization needs to be destroyed right down to the very foundations that like men aren't men and women aren't women and nothing is real. Um, And, you know, it's really scary to see that this is something that is allowed to be said, but it's not surprising at all. Like, We are 40 days past what happened in israel and within days people were starting to question all of the gopro and all of the telegraph Messages that hamas themselves produced. So if we're going to question what happened On 10-7 when there's ample video evidence, why not question what happened on 9-11 20 years ago? None of them were alive for it and it's it's really scary because for I think a lot of people of, of my generation, I'm in my late 30s, 9-11 was a really seminal turning point moment where that opened my eyes and, and changed my entire life. And honestly, in a lot of ways, this is a weird thing to say, and I'm trying not to get canceled, but in a lot of ways for the good, because it made me understand what what the world was and that there was good and evil. And as a teenager, I didn't totally understand that, but when you see that take place in front of your eyes, it makes you question everything that's happened, but not in the way that they're questioning it. It made me realize that there is evil in this world, that people will get on a plane and drive it into a building and they don't care about the innocent lives lost, and that we have to be aware of what makes our country great and we have to promote that because if we don't, we become like them. And they're taking the lesson of 10-7 and twisting it completely in the reverse. That, you know, maybe let's see the perspective of the people that raped, violently raped children, that chopped the heads off of babies. There is no perspective there. There no. is there is nothing admirable there's no context. in that point of view. Yeah, there's no context. And if you think that there's something that can be gained from, and I'm using this term very loosely, people like that then there's something broken inside of you that is perhaps not fixable.
9: It's sick, Carol. I mean, it's, we've been seeing it. It's been right in front of our very eyes now for a long time, but in the past five weeks in particular, this sickness that is spread like the plague across our college campuses and our youth. TikTok is absolutely a part of it. You know, it's, you can't deny that it's an infestation. TikTok is the it's the thing that spreads. It's not the virus itself, but it spreads the virus. And it's, of course, controlled by the Chinese who hate us. They don't allow their kids to have social media from us. They only do this to our children. And, and I, I do not let the schools or the parents off the hook. What, this will not happen to my children. It will, right. I, I will go on record and tell you this is not going to happen to my children. We are inoculating them against this shit. Why aren't more parents yeah. get off your fucking iPhone? Pay attention to your child. Look at your kids' lessons. Get out, get a step down from the women's march, which by the way, it was totally anti Semitic and we called it out, as mm-hmm. did many at the time. Do some parenting if you're going to bother having a child and stop indoctrinating your own children to those of you who are on the left in this pernicious woke ideology. Cause this is where it lands. I'm very fired up about it, Carol. I feel like we're totally forgetting. Mm. We're forgetting nine 11 and it's, you know, what's going to happen. It's going to happen again. Right.
3: I-
1: yep. It's happening again. She's right. The United States doesn't always get it right. Canada doesn't always get it right. Nobody always gets it right. But overall, we're still a good place. We're still a good country. We're still good people. Where do I begin with that? That is like a lot of what I've been saying for the past two years. She's pointing out that all of this conditioning, mental conditioning, maybe not all of it, but a lot of it, which this psyop, information warfare, propaganda, it's all being directed at us, especially our youth, young people, and people who are already predisposed to questioning our government. They're weaponizing mental illness. It's not always our government doing it to us. It's our political adversaries. It's the Chinese. It's the Russians. It's India. It's other countries. All countries engage in it. But we're being bombarded. And we are particularly vulnerable because we believe in free speech. We leave it open. We let people engage in all kinds of speech and share all kinds of ideas and information. And because of that, it makes it difficult for us to know what's true and what isn't these days, because some people abuse their right to free speech, in particular people who don't even live here. Outside forces, they engage in malicious speech, propaganda, false advertising, if you will, designed to screw with your mind and get you to take action or just undermine your trust and confidence in your country and even yourself. And TikTok is one of the vehicles that is primarily being used for it right now, owned by, controlled by China. Our governments have been telling us for some time since the introduction of TikTok into North America that it is an area of concern and that you you are being spied on essentially through the app when you download it and use it. And I use it as many, many uh, other people do as well. I don't use it a lot. Not my primary platform, to be sure. I don't do much with it, but it's there. But I'm aware it's China. But it's not just the platform, it's the content. Those videos directing people to that letter are designed to indoctrinate people, radicalize people, radicalize our youth, to screw with their minds, turn them against their own country, against democracy, against everything that the West stands for. And I still believe that the West stands for a lot of very good things like free speech. Oh, and then I hear the propaganda and we've had it right here on this channel. And I've been very critical of our governments, for to be sure, because I think that there is way too much government in this country that I live in and in the United States. And I believe we have a lot of corrupt politicians who are being influenced by outside forces, which is where the real problem ultimately lies. But it's all the chaos that tells me we still have free speech. So I'll take the chaos. It's not better on the other side. It is not any greener. The grass is not greener on the other side. I know it. I know. And yet people sit here and advocate and call for and promote things like communism on one side and people advocating for the you know, fascistic option on the other. A more authoritarian stance. Both of them sound almost identical when I listen to the two sides these days. You can barely tell them apart. One side's communist, the other side's fascist. We've seen this movie before, folks. And then there's America and Canada. An experiment here in North America. Still ongoing. And under extreme pressure with so many people on all sides trying to tear it down, destroy it, blow it up. But, you know, people here, they're worried about, oh, 15-minute cities and lockdowns are coming. And I hear political activists, some of whom are engaging in extreme deception, have been for some time. And I keep trying to alert people to it here. It's slowly coming to light, but for many, it's too late because they've been sucked so far down into rabbit holes and they've been so indoctrinated that there's no bringing them back. There's no coming back for a lot of people. But I know that it's no better because I know that if you get, say, a bad flu or a really sore throat, in Russia do you know what they do with you today do you know all I hear about Russia from you know a lot of other social media influencers who are very pro Russia Russia's so the Russia is good Russia's on the right side of it oh no 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 they've got their problems too like I The current Russia is not the former Soviet Union. I see that Putin is a strong leader. I see the mistakes that the West has been making. I see the mistakes that NATO has been making, but I also see the other side. And I understand what freedom is. And you know what freedom isn't? Freedom is not being taken away from your family and stuffed in an isolation room where you're not allowed to have anyone visit because you get a bad cold or a bad sore throat and having your meals slipped under a door and being locked in there so you can't escape. It's happening in Russia right now. So if you get a cold or a sore throat, is that happening where you live? But we don't hear about it here because that's just not in the media. It's not reported over there. Because they don't really have as much free speech as we have here. They have some, but there are some things you're just not allowed to talk about over there, lest you end up in jail. Like if uh, a building is bombed, you're not allowed to show that. But you can show that on our side if it happens over here to us. You see, in China, too, they have censorship, a lot of it. So you end up with less pro fewer protests in the streets. And if you do have protests in the streets, they'll crack down on it. People are forgetting that. They're losing sight of it. You're not hearing about it so much anymore. All you're hearing about is the bad stuff that our government is doing which is a response to the information warfare campaign that is ongoing because our government doesn't know how to respond to it. So they're becoming as authoritarian as the other guys trying to respond to the attacks that we're being subjected to, but we're still not quite there. We don't have so much censorship that everything is being shut down and there's still chaos of sorts, information chaos out there online. And that's why I know that the system is still alive. There's still actual freedom because people are so confused. I'll take the confusion. I don't need everything censored so that everybody agrees on everything the way they do in authoritarian, under authoritarian governments, whatever political stripe they might be running under or whatever political ideology they might be calling it, but it's still authoritarianism and I don't want it. I don't want uniformity in thought. I don't want conformity. I want individuality. I'll take it. I'll take the chaos any day of the week. While we figure it all out, this is a new medium, new technology. Just like the printing press was new at one point. Just like full motion pictures were. New technology at one point. Television, radio, all of these technologies Game changers, every one of them. And in each case, we had to figure out how to deal with it, even VHS versus beta. But we got through it. VHS won. Beta was a better format, but quality be damned. Everybody go with what's popular and more economical. Disruptive technologies, and that's what we're going through right now, is a lot of disruption. Some people, some political powers out there really trying to ramp it up to destroy. America, destroy the West. (laughs) Colonialism. Yeah, okay, I get it. But you know what? Suck it up, man. It happened. It happened. Deal with it. Let's all deal with it. Make things better for everyone and move forward. And just make things better. Let's not punish people for things from the past that really we directly as individuals had nothing to do with. I wasn't alive in the early 1800s or the 1700s. I wasn't alive in 1619. Either were you. Nobody alive today was alive then. Some history is more recent. Some things do need to be addressed in the more recent history. Yes, treaties need to be honored. Doesn't mean we blow everything up, destroy everything. And this is F.U. Friday, so F.U. Osama bin Laden, U.S.O.B. And if you are out there tonight listening to this and you think I'm out to lunch and you think that Osama bin Laden is some sort of a hero, come on back. Come on over here. There's a better way. There is. There is a much better way. You don't have to go left and you don't have to go right. And you don't have to accept the falsities being spread by people who portray themselves as freedom fighters who are nothing of the sort because they're really just disguised because they're political operatives from other ideological political camps fight for real freedom. That's America. That's Canada. That's what it was. Colonialism. Yeah, it's part of it. But it wasn't all bad. Because. There's also been justice. And there have been ongoing efforts made to make amends for the sins of the past, to set things right, but most important, to lift everyone up. Like I said, we kind of were hitting a sweet spot there, and we were on the right road, I think, but now it's been derailed. We shouldn't be letting those political forces who seek to destroy get too much further. We have, to, we have to address this. We have to get it back. The answer is not to destroy everything. I'm going to take another quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to show you again why the grass is not greener on the other side.
4: The sharing of biased and false, false news,
1: news has become,
5: become all too common, common on, on social media. media. More alarmingly some media the, the simply are true without checking facts first. first.
3: Unfortunately,
5: some members of the media use their, their platforms, platforms to push their, push their own personal bias and agenda to control exactly what people think, and this is extremely dangerous to our democracy.
6: In an ocean of lies a century deep, the truth awaits. Choose not the red pill. Choose not the blue pill. For both are an illusion. Discover the power of M. The power of individuality. We are mavericks. We are the way to the light. Fear not the storm join our quest for truth truth will set you free maverick news the world is watching
1: ah here i am hello again i'm going to show you something and this is from time magazine when i was younger i thought time magazine was a pretty good pretty good operation. These days, not so sure. Don't really read it much anymore because it is. it has become very left-wing, sort of woke-ish, kind of, all right? Even, I would say, communistic in some respects. But uh, here's an article to illustrate my point about the grass not necessarily being greener on the other side, and that is to take a look at China. Now, I have done business with China, In the past, and they are very good to do business with. And that should tell you something right there. There is not really a country in the world that is more capitalistic in many respects than China. And I would say even Russia is very capitalistic these days. But China has its own set of problems. And while I see people here beating and pounding and kicking Western society, the United States, Canada in particular, you know, pointing out all the problems with the economy here and so on. A lot of them don't seem to understand that China, Russia, they have their own set of problems too. In fact, I heard a real set of propaganda today from uh, an online influencer talking about nickel and uh, how the United States has no nickel. Anyway, that's for another day, but that was just a giant lie designed to make Russia look great and the United States look feeble. And incompetent, which right now it is run by a doddering old fool, a puppet, who's clearly not in charge. But again, that's another story. In China, though, they have a big, bad real estate problem, and it is undermining the stability of their economy. And here's this Time magazine article, China's real estate crisis has no easy fix. Just ask Chinese soccer fans, and it outlines the problem, the real estate crisis, and it is a crisis. It's been going on for quite a while. You know, China has still a planned economy, centrally planned economy. They really, within the country, do not have true free markets. Now, when I'm doing business with them, it's on the international markets. So you do have sort of a free market. There is competition. I deal straight in with Shenzhen and that economics, you know, powerhouse center, which was created to be a world-class trading center. And there's a lot of economic activity there. You know, a lot of consumer electronics and just consumer goods of all kinds flowing out of Shenzhen, shipping out of there worldwide. And uh, that's what it is. It's a worldwide trading hub. But in across the country, central planning efforts have been used to Manage the economy and to devastating effects in many areas, including real estate. And they point out here that just a few years ago, there was a company called Evergrande Group, which was the pride of China, a real estate giant. They were the biggest construction company in the country with over 1,300 projects in 280 cities. And through sports, specifically soccer, they became, um, well, they're calling them here, a poster child for a new era of Chinese dominance. Guangzhou Evergrande Soccer Club won eight Chinese Super League titles, including seven back-to-back between 2011-2017, as well as two Asian Champions Leagues, thanks to a galaxy of handsomely remunerated European and Latin American stars to make a long story short. China decided to get the real estate development construction company to build a giant new stadium. And they came up with a plan to win the world cup in soccer. And they dumped a crap load of money into this, into this program Evergrande was even paid the bulk of former Italy manager Marcello Lippi's salary as China coach from 2016 to 2019. Anyway, they broke ground on this $1.8 billion, state-of-the-art, 100,000-capacity stadium. It was supposed to be a world-class landmark, comparable to the Sydney Opera House. And they made a big splash in the media about it. It was supposed to be, you know something that the nation could be proud of. But back in August, Evergrande filed for bankruptcy protection in the United States. And last week, the head of the company was arrested, it says here, in China on suspicion of illegal crimes. Now, what was the date on this article? It says last week here. Now, this goes back to 2021, okay? September 2021. But these economic stressors are still present in China today because the real estate crisis has been going on for quite some time. They've been building entire communities, entire business districts over there to fuel the economy with construction as make work projects under the government using government money but they can't fill the office space, so you have entire business districts with high-rise business offices, re, you know, commercial space that's completely vacant, brand new. So, as this company went belly up, they arrested the head of the Evergrande real estate and construction company. It has become sort of a routine over there in China when the head of it, when a company, a big corporation goes belly up or gets into trouble, they just arrest the head of the company. The government takes no responsibility for it. They just blame the CEO, arrest them, <laughs> and charge them with various financial crimes. There's a long record of this uh, Taking place now, so who wants to uh, who wants to take over uh, the Evergrande company now, or any big company in China? There are other examples of this happening as well. So the company, it wasn't just that stadium that was in play; that that one company also had a lot of other real estate that it was developing around the country. Hundreds and hundreds of projects, and as a result of the company falling into financial distress, Evergrande has left behind one and a half million customers with unfinished homes. But it goes; it gets worse than that. How would you like it if you bought a house, and then the government came along, and you held on to your house for, say, twenty years? And the market increased in value to the point where you were able to get like, I don't know, say a 500% increase uh, on your return in investment. So you bought it for this price and you can get 500% more when you go to sell it 20 years later. But then the government steps in and says, no, 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 you can't do that you're only allowed to have 25% more than you pay. Well, that's kind of what's been going on over in China. You see, they have the opposite sort of problem with the real estate market because they have an overcapacity of real estate, homes and commercial space because they have a centrally planned economy. So they built too much. They have declining population population because they used to have the one-job policy. Now I think it's a two-child policy or whatever, and um, and birth control and other things going on that are resulting in a decline in population in China. So as a result, you have an overcapacity and oversupply. That's resulted in falling real estate prices. And so it says here that um, as a result, China's property developers collectively owe more than $390 billion to various suppliers because they're going out of business because the prices on everything are dropping. So you're building new homes, new real estate developments. And as you're building them, they're they're becoming worth less less and less and less and less and less and less and less. It's deflation, which is also a problem in economics. It's a big problem. What you have today is worth less tomorrow. That's sort of like the reverse of what we have going on in Canada with inflation, where the prices of everything are increasing to the point. Now it's deflation over there, prices declining. And so it becomes very difficult at that point to convince people to purchase real estate because you're going to lose money on it. It's not a good investment. It's not good to buy high and own low and then maybe sell even lower later, who wants that so people don't buy? Well, as prices were declining, these real estate companies were trying to sell, and they were slashing prices, and the government stepped in and implemented price controls in the opposite direction. In Canada, because we have inflation right now, the government, some some in government, especially the socialists, they want to impose wage and price controls again, just like we had under Pierre Trudeau back in the 1970s. That was a disaster, too. But in this case, in China, the government stepped in and said, oh, no, you have to charge more for your real estate than it's actually worth. (laughs) Okay. So as the prices were falling and the real estate companies were trying to liquidate product, liquidate their real estate assets, get rid of it by slashing prices, the government stopped stepped in and said, no, no, we have to stop this price slide. So you have to charge this much. You can only charge, um, you can only cut your price by 15% max. So there were companies that, we're cutting as much as 25%, and they were charged. People went to jail for doing this to try to sell their stuff off for a lower price. And the government said, no, can't do that. So as a result, the companies are left holding the bag on overvalued real estate. It's artificial. And then, you know, I hear people here in this country saying, uh, the country is just a myth. It's not even a real thing. It's just a, a, a figment of your imagination. We don't even have a constitution. Well, yes, we do. We have a constitution. It's right here. The country's not just a figment of your imagination. It is not just a corporation. That's a lie. It's an absolute lie. But over in, you know, if you want, if you want to just go to a country where everything is literally made up, you can go to a country like China with a centrally planned economy they just make stuff up including prices they just make up a price that doesn't serve anybody well it doesn't stabilize the economy it results in more you would think that that creates economic stability on paper it does but not in reality not in reality not if you're if you're doing that it's fake 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 you want to talk about natural law common law that is the law of nature supply and demand the price dynamics free market they control it as a result the companies that were unable to liquidate their assets couldn't cover the expenses they go belly up but they but as communist governments always do they never accept responsibility for the impact, the unintended consequences of their actions and policies. So they just blame the CEO of the company and say he's just a greedy bastard, arrest him, throw him in jail. And that's what's been going on in the real estate market over in China. Fake economy. When you're dealing internationally though with someone like myself or anybody else or even you, Then they have to deal with reality. So you're on the international market and they don't have any choice because they're dealing with outside countries, people from other countries. So when you're exchanging internationally, well, then Chinese law itself doesn't directly apply, except within their own borders. So they have to act in good faith. But within their own borders, centrally planned economy, that's what you get. If you think that that's better, think again. You want to tear our system down? because you think it's all fake or whatever, think again. Be careful what you ask for. You might just get it. You want to get locked in a in a little room when you get the sniffles, not being able to escape because it's an escape-proof isolation chamber? It's going on right now. You just don't hear about it. You still want to tear our system down? You want to go to Cuba? Go to Cuba. Get off the plane. I've been there. Walk through the airport. Look at all the anti-American propaganda all on the, the newsstands, the books. The you, you go watch TV. It's just anti-American all the time. Every problem they have in Cuba is blamed on the Americans. Oh, the economy here isn't as good as it could be because of American sanctions. Well, you know what? If it's If you're so freaking smart, if your system is that really, really that good... What do you need America for anyway? You don't like America. You don't like Canada. You don't like the West. You don't like free markets anyhow. So why do you have to rely on countries where they at least have, where we at least have some degree of free market left, which is you know free markets and uh, freedom that have always fueled economies worldwide. And especially in the West, that's what propelled us to economic prosperity here. But you hate that, so if you're so smart, what are you complaining about? If you didn't need it, then you didn't need it. You don't want it, don't complain when you don't have it. But that's all I heard when I was down there. I'll never go back to Cuba. Then they penalize you when you're a tourist there. They charge you more for everything just because you're, well, in my case, Canadian. They say they love Canadians, but they charge you a fee just to get off the island like a ransom on yourself, pay it, and then we'll let you go. True. Happens. Your dollar, they charge you a premium on it just to exchange it, just because you're a foreign tourist, so they know they can bilk you, and that's government policy. That's not the free market. I'm a free market guy. I'm about freedom, real freedom, free markets, free speech, freedom, freedom, freedom. That means less government, not more. That's my position on it. I respect my communist friends. I understand where they're coming from and they want equality, equity, whatever word you want to use. I get what you want. You're looking for fairness. But you know, there's nothing that's fair about any of that stuff, ultimately, because it's all coercive. It's government forcing people to cough up more in taxation so that the government can take it and control it. Taxation is in itself a form of price control. You sell your house, you've worked all your life. You, you work your fingers to the bone. You do all the right things. You save, you scrimp, you pay your mortgage. And then 20 years on, Justin Trudeau comes along prints up a whole bunch of money, devalues the currency, causing massive inflation. Housing prices go through the roof. But you don't really end up with anymore because everything is relative and everything's been inflated so much that you can't afford a place to live if you sell the one you've got. Everything becomes so expensive. Now, if you own multiple houses, I guess you can cash in, but everything's more expensive. If you go to the grocery store, 30% more for, you know, your groceries over the last few years, 30, 40% more. My parents on fixed income, you know, but that's socialistic economics. That's Keynesian economics on steroids with a turbocharger and a supercharger sitting on top and then 220 volts stuck in behind so that it really lights it on fire when you dump on the kerosene. And it blows up. An economic bomb is what that is. And that's what we're living through right now. But that's because he learned too well from his daddy. What a mess. You want to talk about natural law? Go read Adam Smith. There's an economist for you. And learn about the invisible hand. Listen to Thomas Sowell. Milton Friedman. The great Milton Friedman. Learn about his economic pencil. Therein lies truth. And that is common law. That's natural law. That's the law of nature. What goes up must come down. Price elasticity of demand. Supply and demand. Learn about these things. Learn those basics, and then you'll understand. Modern monetary theory, that just means print as much money as you want. That's just a huge tax on regular people. That's what Justin Trudeau engages in because he's a socialist. An economic fascist. And then this corporation thing. Everybody blames the corporations. Oh, the evil corporations. The corporations. The corporations. Yeah, corporations, they're kind of soulless and they absolutely are because you know what they're just entities they're not real things but you know what is a corporation look at the word people lose sight of this too corporations are not in themselves evil people don't understand what the hell is going on with all of that oh corporations evil instantly you think they're evil you be careful what you vote for. You be careful what you who you support and you be careful about tearing everything down because I'll tell you right now those corporations are you. That's your retirement fund. That's your investment. That's your RRSP. That's your whatever. That's where your investments are. That's your job if you're working for one of those big corporations. The problem with corporations is not the corporations themselves, it's that they're in bed with government. Government and corporations have started to engage more robustly in these public-private partnerships. It's a form of economic fascism. It is, in fact, economic fascism. It creates a corporatocracy. And because they get into bed together, they become far too powerful. And they feed off each other And they protect each other and they create barriers to entry into industries. And therefore, they actually limit competition. It becomes very difficult for the average person to compete on any level, even with small businesses, because the big corporations with government protection control markets. It's a different kind of socialism. But from that, you do get some, you know, What should I put? How can I put this? Corporations are, when they're set up properly, as they used to be, are really a body, corp, core, people. It's you. Corporations are made up of people, shareholders. You are the corporations. You as shareholders hold those companies accountable. So the companies and the CEOs have a fiduciary responsibility to you as a shareholder to pay you dividends, profits, if you will, over time as a return on your investment. And hopefully the company prospers and does well. And the value of the stock goes up. It isn't just the values of the stock that can make you money. It's also the dividends. And as companies make profits, then you as a shareholder get paid dividends. And that's the way it's supposed to work. But you make up those corporations. Now you bring in a fascistic or a communistic or a heavy socialist government and they want to nationalize an industry. Do you know what they do? They confiscate it. Just take it. Let's nationalize the oil industry. Okay, well, do you have stock in any oil company? Say goodbye. They're going to take it. And if they pay you anything, it will be whatever they decide to pay you, if anything at all. But because they're going to view or they're going to sell it to the public as though the corporation is an evil entity, they may pay nothing. They may just confiscate. It. And we've seen that happen in other countries in the past. So the shareholders end up with squat. So then you get no investment. And that's what's going on in China right now, too. The other reason they have trouble is be because when they... Control the economy the way they do, like they do in the real estate sector. Who the hell wants to invest? Who wants to invest in real estate when the prices are plummeting because they've built too much of it? Too much supply, not enough demand. They try to stimulate the demand by keeping the prices high for a for a product that is overvalued because it's a, it's all being... Artificially inflated. It's not a real price. I'll take the free market here anytime. And it's not so bad here, folks. And these corporations, yeah, we have too much collusion between government and corporations. The the government... What they're doing right now is wrong. They're taking billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions, literally billions and billions of tax dollars and funneling it to corporations to facilitate the electrification of the auto industry. So the big car companies are all sitting back saying, yeah, give us the money. Of course, we'll take the money. But then they're controlled by government. They have to do what the government tells them. They're not doing what consumers want. They're not producing. going to be producing products that you are demanding as consumers, which is still internal combustion engine-powered vehicles. It's all government being shoved down your throat. Doesn't even serve the interests of us or the country, really. But that's what's going on. Some people are getting rich. That's really what it's about. It's companies stepping up and, oh, we'll take this cash. We'll take that cash. We'll build a battery plant over here. Yeah, my company's doing, you know, the mining for the lithium over here, over in this country. And, oh, yeah, we'll take the cash there and take the cash there. And as everything shifts it, it fuels economic development in a way because now you have to shift. You have to do these things. And if you know that's coming, it's kind of like inside Insider trading, when you are controlling policy, you know where things are going. And then you and your friends, you can position yourselves to catch all the profits over here and all the government grants and tax benefits as well, because you knew it was coming. And when your guy gets into power, you can scoop up all the cash, you and your friends. That's what's going on. And that's happening internationally as well. but I'll still take our system because we can still fix that. We can still fix it. And I'm not getting locked in a, in a room cause I've got the sniffles and I'm not, I'm not participating in rounding people up like the Uyghurs in China. And I'm sorry, but that is actually happening. And people, you know, who advocate or believe that China is this great, you know, free society or something that serves the people better because they're communists. Sorry. It's just not freaking True. You can lie and deny all you want, but it's just a reality that's happening over there, too. And I'm quick to call out the problems here, too, but I'm going to call out the problems there as well. And they've got a big real estate problem, and we've got one of our own over here, but ours is still better than theirs. I don't want to tear it all down here, folks. And I sure as hell don't want to, you know, get into a situation like we're in right now where I'm sitting here I, I don't, I, watching. I don't want to see people get sucked down into a weird rabbit hole where they think Osama bin Laden is a hero. We've gone from the enemy of uh, my enemy is my friend to my enemy is my hero. Make no mistake, he was an enemy of America, still is. And he's an enemy of the Jews, was. And to be sure, there's a problem on the other side too. Palestinian civilians being killed. No question about it. Although I don't believe the numbers we're getting from the health ministry in Gaza. I don't think we'll ever get true numbers out of there. That's a bunch of propaganda too. Who knows how many people have actually died? We just don't know. They're just making stuff up, making numbers up. No question about it in my mind. We're seeing so much propaganda flowing out of there. It's impossible to know exactly what the truth is. I just know that people are dying. I know that it's really happening. People died in Israel. That was absolutely wrong. And people are dying in Palestine. That's absolutely wrong. Israel should not be, you know, engaging in land expansion. That shouldn't be going on. But I understand both sides. I think I do, largely. There might be some nuances about it that maybe I'm not getting quite right. But overall, I'm getting it. And it's got to stop. Where? I also understand that the people calling for a ceasefire, most of them, not really interested in peace. They want the ceasefire so that Hamas can regroup and get ready to attack again. I get it. Not an easy, no easy answers here, folks. And I know that really what we're seeing over there right now is the result of misguided Western foreign policies, um, American foreign policies in the Middle East over decades coming home to roost. We're paying the price for it now. This is all connected to 9-11. It's connected to Afghanistan. But don't lose sight of the fact that it's not just us. There are other geopolitical forces in play here. Russia, China, all the BRICS nations. We are at war. Just look at the way all the different countries are lining up on the issues. Who's coming down on the side of Hamas and Palestine? It's the BRICS nations. And who's on the side of Israel? It's the West. Although not entirely. So we're going to have to deal with that too. And yes, we should be holding Israel to a much higher standard. And we shouldn't be supporting Israel all the time. When they're taking actions that do not that are not in the best interests of the United States or Canada. But we have, we've kind of just been giving them money, financing them, funding them. That they've been the biggest recipient of foreign aid from the United States for a long time. And I understand why. But they shouldn't be given a blank check. You're going to give them money, then they should be held to a pretty high humanitarian standard. And Elon Musk is right. You kill a terrorist and you've made a bunch more. Because his kids are going to come back and haunt you later. That's got to stop. There's got to be a better way. We'll find the way. Got to. I hope so. I don't know. It was up to me. Yes. But what the hell are we going to do now? Because we've now taken that problem and we've imported it to North America. These naive neoliberal woke progressives. (laughs) I'd say what were they thinking, but it's clear they don't. You can't take people who are at war and have been for a long time and bring some of them from this group and some from that group and then bring them to the country and have them live together here and not expect that you're going to get sparks. And this is worldwide, and it's been choreographed this has been planned this whole thing it's so obvious it's disgusting it's sickening it's not designed to just in fact it the 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 war in between israel hamas palestine however you want to describe it over there i'll t- i'll put it to you that that's not even the real objective that's not really what this is about it's about this right here. It's about what's happening in North America, in the United States. It's all about disrupting, destroying, tearing down everything here. That's why we've been subjected to this anti-Semitic rhetoric, this re- the recycled anti-Semitic tropes with twisted, disguised, veiled, language over the past few years, all designed to indoctrinate and the online social media and the movies and all the things that I've been showing you and the social media platforms that have been spreading this and now taking it to a whole new level by simply doing things like get channeling people, directing them over to read Osama Bin Laden's Letter to America. What a psyop and sophisticated, effective... Crazy. All designed to destroy us from within. So we destroy ourselves. Unbelievable. If I wasn't living through it, I wouldn't believe it. And you can't achieve that without extensive planning. I've seen intelligence reports on it. I've shown you some of that information here on this program in previous transmissions. Now, finally, I'm seeing other social media influencers like Megyn Kelly coming out and just in very simple terms, explaining it to people, illustrating it, because now it's bubbled right up to the surface where you can actually see it on TikTok with those videos, with those people saying, I just read that letter and it's, I'm going through an existential crisis. I can't believe how it's changed my whole life. What a load of shit. What a load of crap. Propaganda. God help us all. I don't know how we get back from this, but we have to. I'll still take the chaos, at least I know we still have free speech, even though it's clear some outside influence, influences, entities, governments, maybe even big companies are not acting in good faith. They're actually engaging in malicious speech. God help us. But, you know, the corporations, just to come back to that, Corporations serve a purpose. Corporations allow cooperation between people in a market and allow the creation of larger companies that can have better economies of scale and run more efficiently because you have more economies of scale and it affords an opportunity To provide a better standard of living for everyone because the goods and services produced by those big companies are produced through mass markets, through mass production, like automobiles, so that you've got big companies producing things at scale in a very efficient way so that you can purchase a car at a very affordable price. It makes it attainable for people. And then you get a car and then your standard of living rises because now you can buy a car for an affordable price. Now you own a car. That makes you more productive. And you don't even have to work for the company and enjoy the benefits of the higher wages that some of these big companies are then able to pay because they have better economies of scale and efficiencies. And because they have a better ability to make profits on a larger scale they can also provide things like pensions healthcare plans company healthcare plans for their employees that small businesses largely can't provide because they don't operate on a big enough scale and it's better for an economy to have a mix of companies like that that's where government really should be stepping in is to provide some rules or laws legislation to keep these big companies in check and make sure that there's still competition, that the markets aren't abused, that environmental laws, for instance, are followed because these companies are not people. They don't have feelings. They're just entities, legal entities that can engage in contracts because collectively cooperatively, not so much collectively, but cooperatively, the shareholders are the people behind the entity, that's you. But be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. These guys who advocate for collectivism, nationalization of industries, they don't give a damn about your investments. If you're an investor in a corporation, you know what you are? You're just a capitalist. A filthy, stinking, greedy capitalist because you're just investing money trying to make money on your money. So that's, in their eyes, wrong. No, you should only be allowed to make money with your labor. It's only labor that creates wealth and that's a lie. Your capital, your money, when you invest it, that also fuels the economy and that's a good thing. When you invest your money, because the company can then use that money, invest it to buy assets, to buy machinery, to hire people, to build a bigger company, to build something better. That's the way it's supposed to work. It doesn't always work that way these days. A lot of it's abused. And that's why we need to get better people into office to address these issues and stop the flow of our tax dollars to big corporations that isn't right either that's abusive especially when it's like multinational corporations where a lot of the shareholders are in other countries the big three those were the days when Ford, general motors chrysler and even american motors at the time the big four They were American car companies, Canadian, North American. Now they're global. They feel no real connection anymore to the United States or Canada, or even Mexico for that matter these days. No, General Motors is focused these days, largely on China, China. That's where the growth is for General Motors. Oh, yeah, a big American car company. Hey, yeah, not so much. All the car companies, and they're not the only. I don't mean to pick on the car companies. I'm just more familiar with them, but you pick a corporation, you pick a big company. They're multinationals. We shouldn't be using our tax dollars in that way by giving it to multinational corporations unless we have guarantees. We just saw that pharmaceutical company in Canada receive all that money, how many millions of dollars to produce vaccines? They just closed up shop, left the country, kept the cash and they're not doing it. That don't work. Transport truck manufacturing facility here, international. I saw that happen in my community. The government, they were going to shut it down. Obsolete manufacturing facility. The government was under pressure to do something, to save the jobs. So, liberal government of the day stepped in. They gave them training grants. They couldn't just give them the outright cash because under the old North American Free Trade Agreement, it was a violation of certain elements of the NAFTA agreement. But they did give them training grants. It was over $20 million that they gave them at the time. So they took the money, agreed to keep the plant open, but only for two years. And then they were gone. They still closed it. They took the money, figured out the math, which way were they further ahead. Keep it open for a couple more. They'll produce this much, take in this much revenue. They figured it out in their heads. Financially, it made more sense to just keep it open for a couple more. Knowing full well that they were still going to shut it down two years later, and they did, and all the jobs were still lost. What a charade. The you know, community got a couple more years out of the place, I guess, but in the long run, was it worth the 20 million to save jobs for two years? I don't think so. I don't think you got the return on the investment. Socialism, bailouts, same damn thing. You know what keeps everybody honest? The free damn market. That's right, the free market. Ain't no bailouts there, baby. Sink or swim, do it right. Get it right, get rewarded. Get it wrong, go broke. Get economically woke, go broke. But not so much these days, the government will just step up and keep feeding you the cash. And if you become as big as General Motors, then I guess you're just too big to fail. So they're always gonna bail you out. That's wrong too. That's socialism. That ain't the free market. Don't blame the capitalists for that. You can blame your socialist friends when they're taking your tax dollars and in lining the pockets of the big corporate executives. That's corporate socialism. That's not right either. That's economic fascism, which is also a form of socialism. I could go on. You're getting the picture. These people who are selling you these ideas are just outright lying to you. Please be careful.
2: Greetings Brave Mavericks, our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news, together we expose propaganda, together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms, credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News Maverick, Maverick News Defending Free Speech Free Speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com Do it now. now Tomorrow maybe too late too late too late, too late. Maverick News the, the world is watching, is watching.
1: yesterday Joe Biden called was it yesterday two days ago called Joe Biden a dictator Secretary of State Anthony Blinken just about soiled himself. <laughs> you could see he was extremely unhappy with Biden saying that after Xi Jinping and Joe Biden met in San Francisco. So still on the political front Uh, Justin Trudeau did not quite fall into the same trap. This is how he responded when asked if Xi Jinping is a dictator. Chase, Globe and Mail,
8: would you describe
10: Xi Jinping as a dictator? Look, China's a one-party state. I don't think anyone would call it a democracy.
8: China is a basic dictatorship. Mr. Xi was already in charge. Mr. Biden, uh, the President of the United States, which is our security guarantor, also called him a dictator. Why won't you call him that?
10: We can get into uh, all sorts of different uh, uh, definitions. The fact is, he's not running a democracy it's an authoritarian state
1: steve chase okay that's true it's an authoritarian state although justin did say that he admires china's big dictatorship because he says they can turn their economy around on a dime How? Because they're centrally planned. Why? Because they can just make it up. They just make up the prices and then whatever it is they write down on a piece of paper on paper it looks pretty damn good. But the reality is usually not always the case. I can tell you that you know out of Shenzhen they've got their act together there but that again is it's like that's an adoption of free markets and capitalism. And they need capital injected into China as much as any other country. They need investors. They need investment as well in order to keep their economy going. But it's the free markets that fuel the economy, even in China today. Now, what else did I have for you tonight? I wanted to also tonight... I wanted to show you two sides of Robert F. Kennedy jr. Um, Two different videos to show you first, how his team is trying to portray him. And if they've got this amazing new video out, then I'm going to show you another video. The kinds of it shows you things from a completely different perspective. This shows you how nasty politics has become, um, and how difficult it is, I think, to get yourself elected as president of the United States. Here's first. We're going to run this one. This is the positive side from the Kennedy campaign team polished, heavily produced, inspirational.
10: This is a day of affirmation, a celebration of liberty. We stand here in the name of freedom. We are committed to peaceful and nonviolent change. We must recognize the full human equality of all of our people not just to those of a particular religion, not just to those of a particular race, not just to the wealthy, but to all of the people. We must do it for the single and fundamental reason that it is the right thing to do.
7: A new twist this morning for the country's most famous political dynasty. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Jr. is running for president tonight. It is time to heal a divided nation and return the power to the people. Robert Kennedy
0: Jr.
11: We are told today that our nation is hopelessly divided, but I found something different as I travel this country. I have witnessed an upwelling of optimism that I've never seen before. Something is stirring in us that says it doesn't have to be this way. And so I've come here today to declare our independence from the tyranny of corruption, which robs us of affordable lives, our belief in the future, and our respect for each other. But to do that, I must first declare my own independence. Independence from the Democratic Party. And from all other political parties. I haven't made this decision lightly. It's very painful for me to let go of the party of my uncles, my father, my grandfather, and both of my great-grandfathers. But my sacrifice is nothing compared to the risk our founding fathers took when they signed the Declaration of Independence 247 years ago. They knew that if their revolution failed, every last one of them would be hanged. They chose to place everything on the line. When John Adams put his pen down after adding his signature to the Declaration, He turned to those present, and he said to them, sink or swim, live or die, survive or perish, from this day on, I am with my country. I'm gonna make that same pledge to you today, so that I can stand before you, as every leader should stand before you, free of partisan allegiance, free from the backroom deals, servant only to my conscience, to my creator, and to you. Every president enters office promising to unite the nation and to work with people from the other party across the aisle. None of them ever does it. They can't. They're already chosen a side. Well, I'm not going to have that problem. I'm going to build coalitions from both sides of the aisle. And except for the small minority of public officials who are actually corrupt, I'm gonna tell you this secret, they too want liberation from the system that has captured them. And isn't that ultimately what we all want? Liberation from a system that robs us of our wealth, our health, our hope, our patriotism, our ideals, our freedoms, and ultimately our sense of ourselves as a good and capable people. Is healing our divided nation possible? Let's go take back our country. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. I declare my
10: independence. I declare my independence. I declare my independence. We declare our independence.
0: I declare my independence.
10: We declare our independence. I declare my
5: independence. We declare our independence. I declare my independence. I
7: declare my independence. Yo declaro mi independencia. We declare our independence.
5: I declare my independence.
10: Few men are willing to brave the disapproval of their fellows, the censure of their colleagues, the wrath of their society. Moral courage is a rarer commodity than bravery in battle or great intelligence. It is the one essential, vital quality for those who seek to change the
11: world. I'm Robert F. Kennedy, Jr., and I approve this
0: message.
1: Pretty powerful. His political opponents, I think, are afraid. I think Trump's team is afraid. They're very afraid. So they have produced an attack ad. And for balance, I will run it for you. I'm interested in what you have to say in the chat about this. Boy, politics is a blood sport. Here we go. Are you ready? Buckle up.
11: Friday night I had a three-way, Saturday I sniffed some cocaine, Sunday came shots packs, sweet to my vein. I was only having fun, slept around with everyone, and my wife just couldn't get it through her brain. I was banging broads from here to Rome. She could join in or leave me alone. Even told her, "Kill yourself for all I care." And she cried and cried and cried till she hung herself up high. And now my page were not affairs. You called me out. I'm just a commie, oh but it just may be a Kennedy you're looking for, turn out the light, I'm independent, you call me out All my lies and you call me right, well I saw victims they needed help They had no chance in the rug belt, I told them I could help them if we lied. If they'd push me out the door, I could say I hate them all, and tell everyone I'd fight them from outside. Now think of all the people who hate both parties and want an escape. I might be as commie as we say, but I'm independent now. Yes, it's all a show for clowns, because they wouldn't vote me any other way. You called me out. I'm just a county, oh, but it just may be a Kennedy you're looking for. It's too late to fight. It's too late to change me. You called me out for all my lies, and you called it right.
1: Hmm. <laughs> brutal. I'm going to check the chat. Anybody have any thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, man. Was that brutal or what? So I would say that comes from the Trump side. <laughs> Okay, I'm just reading the chat. Come on, give it to me. Give it to me, folks. What do you think? Yeah, that was a meme, says Maria Christiana. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody's really commenting much on it. Catchy songs, Sherry. All true, I'm afraid, says... Rosemary Mack. Thank you for the donation the other night, by the way. I really appreciated that. Truly, truly appreciated it. Helps out more than you know. And uh, Shesko says, Trump a womanizer. He's a typical male. Oops, Trump not, says Shesko. Um, it was dumb, says be lovely. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I guess. Uh, politics. People go looking for any skeleton in any closet or maybe even just a, a bone from a skeleton in a closet. It was pretty brutal, that video. Dueling perspectives, for sure. <laughs> wow. From... A polished inspirational yeah I don't know video to uh to whatever that was that hit job that hit job and oh my god to talk about his ex-wife committed suicide that's I don't know that that might be a little below the belt but uh Shows you where politics is at in the United States these days. Go straight for the juggler vein, man. Right for the neck. Wickedly terrible. It's coming up almost on nine o'clock. Yeah. Well, guys, I think with that, we will wrap it up for tonight. I really appreciate you guys joining us here on the program. If you are... Able and inclined to support what we do here, if you like what we do here every night, could sure use your help. You can donate to support free speech and help us pay the bills by donating at maverickdonations.com. That takes you straight to the Give, Send, Go donation page at that URL. You can also donate at freedomreporters.com. Please like, share, subscribe, like, share, subscribe, share, share, share on Facebook. We're uh, running on uh, a couple of YouTube channels also on rumble. And I think we lost our feed actually on uh, Twitter tonight here at the tail end of things. Somehow I think that feed got shut down. I think we had a computer problem. Not the CIA, not this time. Uh, but if you um, are inclined, please subscribe over on Rumble. That's our our big, biggest growing platform right now. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys spending the night here with me. I'll be back tomorrow evening, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with more Maverick News. I have to find the right thing to click. There it is. So yeah, I'll see you tomorrow night love y'all. Catch you on the flip side. This has been a Maverick Multimedia
6: Productions.